Thought Media Network is proud to present Cosmic Prayers, your weekly shift, Mondays at 11, Mountain Time, with your host, Laura Topper. The Cosmic Prayers, live from the UK. And now, here she is, Laura Topper. Hi and welcome, welcome, welcome to the Cosmic Prayer here on New Thought Media Network, this amazing network that uh, that brings you so much love and light and joy and knowing of truth. And today in the Cosmic Prayer, let's take a breath, because we have an amazing super guest. She is so inspirational. I love her. She's a a colleague and, a, and a, a classmate of mine as well in ministerial education with the Florida campus. And yes, Vicky Jeter, and she is a licensed uh, practitioner and author of a beautiful book called Me Victoria. And I'm just so excited for Vicky to be on the Cosmic Prayer right now because I know that she has so much to share about her life and her knowing on her use of prayer because prayer is something that we can choose. We have a choice to use prayer, to integrate it into our spiritual practice and use it for our lives. And I know personally, from my own personal experience, that as I lean in on prayer and use it more and more for my life, that incredible demonstrations come to pass. And so uh, we are being educated always, and a part of that education is the Cosmic Prayer. So welcome, let's welcome Vicky to the Cosmic Prayer right now here on New Thought Media Network. Hi, Vicky, welcome. Thank you, Laura. I'm so excited to be here. Thank you. Hello, everybody. I'm so excited that you're here because I know you were due to come on a couple of months ago, and it kind of didn't really synchronize and now it just feels so right that you're here and I know it's always in divine timing and perfection so yeah. and I love it that you've got your top on it matches the background it's perfect <laughs> yeah. wonderful wonderful so Vicky let's um let's dive straight in here with prayer because I know this is a, a um, a, a topic and a practice that's close to your heart as well. Oh, yeah. And I'm just really interested to begin with is what what is your what what does prayer mean for you? So prayer is a process that meets people where they show up. So whatever we say about prayer here today is truth for those of us who are speaking it, but it's a principle that in practice moves through each person uniquely. So we take what we learn about the process of prayer, you know, from the time we're children, most of us probably listening to this call, or maybe some people are just being introduced to prayer here. But even if you're just being introduced to prayer here for the first time, you have what you hear, but then you take what you hear and you filter it through your knowing, your experience, and when you try it on, it's going to have a different flavor for you than it does for me or for Laura or for Diego. Um, and so that's one of the interesting things about it is that there are things that are in common so that when we say the word prayer, generally people have this idea, well, what do we mean by prayer? But then yeah. if you really get into the intimate experience, it's very, very personal. And that's one of the beautiful things about it. And so, I love that. Go ahead. Yeah, I know there's a bit of a time different diff thing here because I'm in uh, I'm in the UK and you're in America, and that often through the airways here, there's a, a few moments time uh, time catch up. But um, I love I love what you're saying and how you've started here with this intimacy that we can build this intimate relationship with the divine and prayer is that uh the roadmap if you like for that to, to take place it's a roadmap of continuous communication and so one of the things that's true for me so that was an opening statement for everybody uh but when you were asking like what does it mean to me and one of the things that's true is it's possible to engage your process of prayer 
so consistently that your life can become a living prayer. And I learned that concept actually studying Mother Teresa and because someone asked her, she has an autobiography that she wrote of herself. There's lots of books about Mother Teresa, but if you get the one that she wrote, um, she has a piece in there where she talks about someone asked her, you know, when, how much time do you spend in prayer with your girls? And she actually said she doesn't do that now. Lo and behold, oh my gosh, how is it that Mother Teresa would not spend time in Vespers? Vespers is, is the name for prayer um, in, in uh, that walk of faith. And she said, I came to understand that in order to truly fulfill my work as a vessel of spirit, what I needed to do is so know that spirit is not going to miss through me. God is not going to miss through me. And I just need to know that my work is to ground myself in knowing that my every word, my every breath by intention is a living prayer. And that's part of how she came to be able to be who she was. You know, it got to the point she did not start out that way. I mean, she mm -hmm. started out as a young Albanian woman who, you know, uh, she came here gifted. I'm not saying that she did come here gifted, but oh my goodness, she first started out she needed to be in in mm -hmm. mother Teresa's thing being guided by you know that mother Teresa at the time and so over time she learned how by faith and by conviction and by setting the intention that she chose to live as a walking talking prayer and that's what happened and that's how people then knew you know you could feel it when she would walk into the room yeah and 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 one of the things that's true about that is that she was so assured in her being a beloved child of God as she understood and, and knowing that she was doing her work according to her divine directive and her being a vessel of the Holy Spirit, that she very, very rarely had to go and ask people for what she needed. She very rarely had to go and say, we need this for this or, or what have you. And, and the thing is, she knew that if she did need to say that, that her request would be fulfilled so strongly that it was just fulfilled in advance. And, and so that's what prayer means to me is that the more we learn to work with it, the stronger it gets in that way. So there's so much in there that you have just said, Vicky. It's so rich what you've just brought forwards because um, using you know Mother Teresa as, as a divine example here, of her integrity and what she what she achieved and how she achieved it, knowing that she her life was prayer led, her mm -hmm. life was prayer led, and that and that we we can we can live that that we can live in that same way and emulate the you know the the voice of the divine through us and that and we can be the hands of God and the eyes of God and the heart of God because that's what we are. And so for you, you know, knowing what you what you do and what you have done and what you've achieved, Vicky, in your life and how you you began Louisville CSL as a as a as a study group and it, as a study group and it expanded from there to what it is right now today. You know how how integral has prayer been? And by that, I mean spiritual mind treatment or whatever the whatever yeah. you identify with as spiritual mind treatment. You know, so it's not exclusive for Mother Teresa, is it? Because you use oh, it, no. you use it no. in, in your yeah. yes, absolutely. So thank you for bringing up spiritual mind treatment for those who might not have heard it before. Yeah. That is. Uh, a term that we use in Centers for Spiritual Living that merely stands for affirmative prayer. Any prayer and anyone praying can use treatment. It's a series of steps that we use to bring ourselves to a conviction of faith that is doubtless. And I might have an opportunity to just walk through those in just a moment. But to answer your question about the process of prayer in my life and particularly using the center as an example, oh my goodness. So uh, absolutely. I started out 
as a practitioner for Centers for Spiritual Living. A practitioner in Centers for Spiritual Living is like an assistant to the minister. And it's a step that a person takes on the way to becoming a minister. And Laura and I are both ministerial students right now. And so we start out as practitioners and then advance into um, higher education, like university level training for two or three more years to become ministers. So um, I was a practitioner in Spring, Texas, under a beautiful man named Reverend Dr. Jesse Jennings. And for those of you who read this, the um, Science Mind magazine, he's the one that writes the question and answer column at the back of the magazine every month. And I worked under him for 17 years. And then life happened. And my husband uh, and I were transferred through my husband's work to Louisville, Kentucky. And I had been praying from, from the job I was in. My, I was a practitioner, but my full-time work in order to pay the bills, I worked for Continental Airlines before it became United. And uh, after 9-11, because of how much change happened in the airline industry, I knew that I needed to make a change. And I knew I wanted to go full-time as a practitioner. And so it was like, okay, how do I shift you know, my income and my whole rhythm of life into working full-time for myself from a spiritual basis. I prayed every day and, and that process of prayer treatment, there's five steps that take us to the conviction of faith. Number one, recognizing in every moment that I possibly could, certainly when I was specifically in prayer, that there is one source, whatever your understanding of that source is, that that's your source and that's the one and that if there is only one source and it's the divine creative that we come of that and if we come of that then we are one with it and that's what in science of mind terms is called unification and then uh if we are one then realizing that if i'm one with my source and i speak the word in prayer as a realization that my word is in that moment the word of spirit and if my word is the word of spirit, then it is automatically fulfilled as it's coming out of my mouth. And in fact, before, such as, you know, the Christ taught that it's done even before you've asked. And what that means is all of our potentials are actually in potency around us in the law of God. It's there and it is ours to speak that word which begins the process of moving the potencies into actual form. And so one oh, of the, I'll stop I love what, no, I have to take a breath here because I just love the way you're explaining this. It's like, it, you know, this is so vital, I think, for, for, for me and for, for viewers to understand even more deeply what you're saying, because this is the truth that in potentiality, it's all here. And our word speaks it into a materialization. And it's our faith, isn't it? At that point, our faith that what we're doing is actually working. It's not just random words that are coming out that, that have no effect in our lives. Yeah. Thank so you for saying this, Vicky. Oh, it's beautiful. It's beautiful. One of the things about that. So a person hearing this might say, what? Like, how does that work? So one of the ways to understand is everything is in existence as a potentiality in God. It's all of spirit. None of this is in and of ourselves there, but for the grace of God, go I in all cases. But we are vessels of that. We are vessels of the essence of the all that is formless as far as in human, in human terms. And, and it pours into the structures that we give it. So when scripture says um, the word was made flesh, um, the way that the science of mind teaching explains that, like if you take a basic science of mind course, they're going to tell you that the thought and the articulation of the word is the container. Yes. It's the structure into which the essence pours. And so for those of you who might be cooks or have ever watched someone say bake a cake, okay, you have, you have, if you think about cake batter or cookie dough, you know, you have this amorphous, you know, potentially endless uh, potency 
that is cookie dough or cake batter. But can you take cake batter that doesn't have a container? And is it going to be yeah. a cake? Is it going to be something you can do it with? So you pour that potentiality into a container by speaking your word. And, and that's what becomes the prayer, this container. Yeah. yeah. Let's give us um, just a recognition here for, for our viewers that are listening here right now to you, Vicky, and to the Cosmic Prayer. We have Joan of Angels who's tuning in. Hi, Joan. Lovely to be with you here. I know that... You love the Cosmic Prayer and we love what you're doing. And Wayne, hi Wayne, it's great to be with you here on the Cosmic Prayer. There we go. Uh, <laughs> Wayne comes out with amazing things that just like make me really kind of take my mind somewhere else. So thank you, Wayne, for being so present. And Vicky is explaining spiritual mind treatment. I love this. <laughs> Carry on, Vicky. <laughs> um, thank you. And hi, everybody. So nice to meet you. So glad you could come today. Um, and so, so if we think of it in that way, that when we speak our word, we're creating the container that we want to form of that. And that's really the place from which someone might think to be mindful of what's going on in your thoughts and how you express them is because it's one thing to know you can move into like knowing that you're a living prayer, but on an unconscious level, spirit is always responding to that you know we're always working with the endless batter that's moving through our lives and what are we forming with our words and our thoughts and our feelings okay and for people who might not be um who might be hearing impaired or uh, um unable to speak as clearly when we talk about the power of the spoken word not to concern yourself uh, spirit knows when you have that efficacy of the word within yourself, it doesn't necessarily have to come out of your mouth. Mm -hmm. It can help uh, uh, be, to hear what you're saying in prayer mm -hmm. and hear the feeling behind it. That matters. But when you have that conviction of your word within you, like I don't know if you all might be aware, but one of our main mentors is the writer of our main uh, scripture called the science of mind text and the man who wrote that book dr ernest holmes he certainly would pray out loud but mm. his general mode of treatment was in silence yes but he had that clarity of conviction he knew that as he aligned his thoughts his feelings and the beliefs of his soul that that was going to be how he formed you know what what he wanted to come into form and so to kind of that was the that, that's the third step just so we can follow through for people that are watching this because we said oh, there's yeah. five steps. so you have this realization and when you realize in prayer from a place of knowing my word is received then absolutely it's automatically thank you when you know it's done even before you've asked thank you from a place of knowing it is already informed this answer to my prayer thank you thank you thank you and then once we are in that space of gratitude, we let it go. We just release it. And really the cake batter thing is a wonderful way to look at that because what you want to do is you literally want to put that prayer into the oven and then step away from it. And oh. anything, <laughs> yes, you can see this, you see. So yeah. so what what do we know happens if we put the put the cake into the oven, if we keep checking it every five minutes to see what's that gonna do? Yeah, because if you open the door, of course, the cake's going to go. <laughs> it, 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 doesn't, it doesn't do what it does in the law. And yeah. see, that is another way to realize about the power of prayer. There is an unseen law. It's a natural law. It's, it's the more we learn about it, the more we're able to naturally work with it. And when you think about making a cake, we understand some about the law that that works there but it's interesting because even if you know that you put a cake that is is raw batter into the oven you know that a certain amount of heat is going to transform that into your vision of your chocolate cake or your you know carrot cake or whatever it might be but we still don't really know exactly how that happens i mean how does heat hitting flour and eggs and goop become this fabulous thing that we call a cake and so there's still that mystery there that is for us to trust you know and uh the beautiful thing about it is is that everything about this 
is intelligence. When we talk about the omnipresence and the omniscience of God, it's everywhere. Mm -hmm. That's how all of this gets sustained. And there's so much about it that we don't understand. You know, I mean, really, our our ability to take in what all of this is, is just about as far as we can reach across the room. I mean, you know, just about as far as our own field. And this is where you, you, you people say all the time, the more I learn, the more I learn that I don't know. The right? less I know. Right. The more I learn, the less I know. Thank you, Laura. Um, and so, but but as you intend and as you learn to work with the power of prayer that intelligence i mean the intelligence of god loves i i always say god loves a place to play and so when we open up our hearts and minds and we say okay i am a vessel for you and this thing called prayer is that which i use to do this dance show me show me what is ours to do even if you don't exactly know how it's going to work, it's trusting. And when you think, how do I extend that trust? Well, how do we extend trust when we put the cake into the oven? And so, so the faith that you're talking about is, you know, what I believe is that this is the the um, this is integral here because we are being given the opportunity in every moment to have faith, to have the faith of God, not in God the faith of the divine. And that is, our, I think for me, that's the learning is to have this faith or to know that we, we can build our faith muscle for whatever it is that's going on. And we can let go into the divine or we can, we can dissolve any fear, any sense of fear or doubt, knowing that it is all being done in the unseen, in the invisible. And for me, that's the key there, the faith. Yes, and and that's the the thing about those five steps. When when um, Centers for Spiritual Living or the Science of Mind teaching talks about the five steps of treatment, the purpose of that is by the time you get to that release, you're in a place of conviction that it is done and that your word is the word of spirit. Um, and so, even though I've been doing this for over thirty years. Every time I pray, I walk myself through those five steps. There is one. And if there is only one, then I'm one with it. If I'm one with it, then the word I speak is the word of the divine and therefore is fulfilled unto my word, regardless of what I see or don't see in that instant moment. And therefore, thank you, thank you, thank you, God. I release it. I let it go. And I trust that process because, um, that doing that consistently does build that conviction of faith, especially then when you when that's the way, you know, life is orchestrated around you. And some of it does look flatly miraculous. You look at some of the synchronicities that happen and you say, there is no way there is no <laughs> way that that happened except for by the divine. And once that's true, then it's that much easier to just keep doing that, to keep building that faith muscle. Yes. And why would we want to stop? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So tell me, Vicky, of some of the incredible demonstrations that have occurred for you through the power of praying and, and building your faith and knowing that it's the divine that's coming through you and you are the vessel for this. Well, so uh, to pick up where, where I was when I moved from yeah. Texas. Okay, so one of the things that I did, and, and just so you know, as I'm telling this story, ultimately this took two years. And, and, and I say that so that, you know, some answers to prayer, when, when the alignment is there and we say it's done even before we've asked, well, then you can stand back and look at that and go, well, what are you saying? How was it two years? You know, but what's true is moving into form and the different containers on a human level sometimes a container takes a bit to actually be ready to stabilize you know in the temporal world and and it's about trusting that process such as if you say a person who would like to have a baby well you know if if a person wants to have a baby and it's going to be their baby and they're not adopting or something, it's going to take nine months. You know, it's going to take that time. So when I 
set this in motion and I knew this was going to be a pretty big baby because I had a big shift to make from where I was <laughs> to where I wanted to be. Okay. I had no idea about Kentucky at that time. No idea. And this is what I want uh, the part of my story that um, is pretty incredible is I knew that what I needed to do is I needed to pattern within myself. What's it going to feel like to be a practitioner full time? So I arranged that. I arranged like three solid days where that would be all I was doing. And by the end of that third day, I, I drove away from this last appointment I had. I had my car, my hands on the wheel like this. I said, that's it. I'm a practitioner full time. And I actually heard inside my intuition, will you trust me no matter what it looks like? And I was so excited. I didn't even know where that came from. It was like, wow. But I just said, yes. And what happened like five months later, that's when my husband's job completely changed in it. Well, I won't go into the details of that, but it was a huge, we, it was not expected. I mean, it, it was a railroading in his human experience. And see, that's how I knew that when I heard that, will you trust me no matter what? The reason for that is if someone had said to me on a human level, this is what it's going to take for this to happen right now, I would have said no. I would not have said that I'm up for this happening in my husband's life, okay, because it was a grieving process for him. But here we go. So, wow. And, and the thing is, the energy behind this was so potent. And I had been praying for the two years. So by that time, the alignment was really strong. We had five days. My, he got a call. My husband got a call from the person who was his boss and his boss had already been transferred up here. And his boss said, Vernon, I've got your job. I told him we're not going to interview any other people. I told him I have the guy, but you have to promise me that if he moves up here, that it's going to be his job. And they said, if he can be here in five days. And so my husband said, they said I can have this job in Kentucky if I can be there in five days. And that means I had to be ready to release my job at the airline. I had, I had to sell my house. It was a total transformation and not to belabor the point. It worked out beautifully. I, I, I texted of all things. I texted the manager that worked at my husband's kind of level. And I said, I know you guys don't normally tell people this in advance, but I need to know if there's going to be an early out retirement because I did not want to leave my job with the airline. If I had just quit, I wouldn't, I would have lost my flight benefits. But I said, this is what's happening. I know you guys must be aware of what's happening at my husband's job because it was a big deal in Houston at the time. And he did. He got back to me within three hours on his Blackberry. And he said, go for it because the early out is coming in six weeks. And I could trust yeah. him. Oh my gosh. And I called my husband up. I said, Vernon, we are going to Louisville. And that was it. My husband was up here in five days. The early out came. I took early retirement. It's like, oh my gosh. And so here I am. And, and I knew I, I got up here and I said, okay, I'm going full-time as a practitioner. I got to do something. So I started the study group and the study group rolled out. We became a full-fledged center within two years. It's amazing. It's amazing because not only did you, you know, the, the demonstration of you becoming the practitioner that you always knew that you are and being, you know, creating, planting the seed to found this center that has like taken on a life of its own as, yeah. as Louisville CSL. So your prayers were that was more than you were even expected in your mind oh that was going to happen. And, and this is another part, isn't it? You surrendered, you surrendered to that, that voice that said, you know, even whatever it will looks you, like, yeah, will you no trust me? What, no matter what, you know, that yeah. takes a lot of, because it doesn't always look pretty. It doesn't always feel comfortable. It doesn't always feel like we want it to feel like in the moment. And yet right. that's, that's um, I believe that's our growth. That's a, like a challenge of us to, to break through into the new paradigm constantly, moment yeah. by moment, and play with it. Like you're talking about this playing with it and, 
and actually surrendering even in the uncomfortable because God is expressing through all of it. Yeah. And it takes a lot of guts, doesn't it, to say, yep, okay, I'm the one that's going to do it. <laughs> it does. Yeah. One of the things, though, um, as you do this, one of the things that happens when things are on a roll is I think most people have probably heard of synchronicity. Watch your synchronicities. Yeah. And when the synchronicities happen, lean into them. We talk to our synchronicities, literally. When we see a synchronicity, and this is actually comes from the teaching of Deepak Chopra, but, but it's one of the things that can really help through those really hard times. Because when all that crazy stuff was happening, synchronicities were popping like this. And my husband yeah. and I would say, there's no way. There's no way there's this many synchronicities <laughs> happening. We just have to keep saying yes. So watch your synchronicities. And when they happen, um, it, they're like teaching you. So just acknowledge them. I see you and I see this is extraordinary. So show me more. Show me more. And the synchronicities will help you to have that faith when it really, really gets hard. It's, we didn't know about Louisville. We didn't know who or what was here. You know, we just knew this is an opportunity. Certainly his boss was here and he was going to help us, you know. But but and so I said to my husband, he said, I don't know if I have the courage to do this. I said, Vernon, do you want that job? Do you want to work with Andy again? Do you want to rebuild a team for a, a theme park? This is for Six Flags theme parks at the time. He said, yes. I said, then grab the brass ring and just hang on and go. And he did. And that's that's then how we got here. Um, so that's wow. what I have to say about that. There could be a whole, we could do a whole thing on synchronicity. We could. I, I, it would be an amazing come back. I'd love you to come back and we could do a cosmic Just prayer on synchronicity. Yes. yes, because I have so much to share on synchronicity. Yeah. I want to do that right now because I, you know, this is, I, I want to hear as much as possible from you because you are, you know, what you're offering and what you're sharing is so rich and so inspiring um you know for anyone that's watching right now you're here on new thought media network which is such a cool network and the cosmic prayer is uh yes thank you diego there's the link if you feel like leaving your yes. love offering to the network then support this exciting and thriving and expanding uh ministry that is providing so much so much for so many people around the world here on new thought media network and diego thank you to diego who's our producer today uh keeping the show going and looking its best and putting all the links up thank you diego and we're here with vicky jita who is a licensed practitioner and minister minister you know sister minister in education and nearly there with I'm just so excited because she's here sharing her whole take on prayer. Wow. Yes. And Vicky, like that one word, it's like could, we could talk for days with you. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Thank yeah. you. That's beautiful. I'm wondering. Go ahead. Mm, you have something to share, don't you, to, right now? You brought yes. something with you. I was yeah. Yes. This might be a nice little bridging time. So yeah. I have a poem to share. And this will kind of give you guys even more of a of a back there drop before I had come this far with my my I was a prayerful person. I was already even a practitioner. But this is a poem that I wrote that is called A Conversation with God. And the flavor of it will give you more of a feel where I was starting from. And um, so I'll read the poem and maybe we can talk a little yes. bit more about there. So I'll read also the, there's a little introduction here that describes where I was at the time I wrote the poem. During my practitioner studies, I began to experience that I really could co-create with spirit through me, any quality of life I could imagine. As this actually began to happen, perhaps my biggest surprise was the intensity of my feelings of survival guilt which is to say, how can my life be this good when it might not be looking that good for the people around me? Simply put, survival guilt is woven into the fabric of addictive families or families that are having other kinds of struggles that aren't as functional in emotional enmeshment that feels like 
I can only be happy if you are happy. That's where I was coming from when I wrote this poem. A conversation with God. I met my God for lunch today. He said, your dreams are at hand. Why have you not embraced them? I have come here to understand. I said, this image in my mind's eye is beheld near and dear. Yet within crevasses of my heart, tis not so crystal clear. For when I embolden take the plunge and realize my dreams, familiar yarns shall come unspun, my heritage lost to ancient streams of staunch and never-ending doubts on which I am born and bred. Alas, I am as yet unfit to hear such farewells be said. Well, God sat back and had a chuckle, and then long he smiled at me. Oh, he said, my beloved child, however shall you come to see that the unraveling is intrinsic to the plan. It is all of grand design. When all originates in me, no less can ever be thine. So the comfort zone comes and the comfort zone goes. There are twists in every turn. Yet if in me you will trust and jump, pearls of wisdom shall you learn that once a love has come to be, tis beheld for all eternity within the palace box of secrets and the dream is the golden key. Vicky, thank you. Thank you. That is such a reminder of that, you know, for patience in all of this, for having patience and for knowing that having that faith in the unraveling and uh, the dream is the golden key. It's like, we, why is it, do you think that for many of us that we lose patience or we, we get distracted or think that it isn't happening and then give up on our dreams? You know, I hear that and... For me, it's like, no, we, we need to have that faith that is happening in the unseen. But for, you know, it's, it, it, it is that temptation that is there always to give up when we don't see it happening. So the distinction in what you just said is the unseen. Yeah. Um, in, in my experience, what can draw us away from staying in touch with being able to hang in there for the long haul mm -hmm. is when our pers our perspective gets flipped and we're, we're, we're looking as though life is happening from the inside out. And that is um, really a pivotal key to, to almost everything about living as a spiritual being in a human experience. Because anytime we get caught up in thinking that it's the external wor world that is causative, Mm -hmm. then we're away from that unseen just as you had just said what what causes us to lose track of the unseen and so one of the keys i think in our spiritual practice is to find a way to continually stay in touch with remembering that it's what's happening in our esoteric or spiritual lives that's actually generating and driving what's happening in the external world and that we are not being pushed around by external circumstances. And I know it can be so tempting to think that that's the case, you know, but the, the best thing that I know to do about that is, okay, what we've lost is our knowing, right? When that happens, we've lost our knowing and we get thinking and we get into doubt and we get into that things like, what if this and what if that? Okay, there's a couple of things about that, but the one that I'm, I'm on right now is if there's an area of our lives where we feel uncertain, the best thing I know to do about that is to go to somewhere in your experience where there has been certainty or there is certainty now. And it actually doesn't so much matter what the form of that is. Okay, it's just about getting to that place of knowing rather than doubt. And so most of us, even if it's the simplest thing, even if you think, oh, well, that's no big deal. So what's the thing about that? No, 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 no. If you have anything in your life where you know, such as for, for many parents, it might be for their kids. It's like if you have a, 
a woman or a man who's having some doubt about finding their voice in some area of their life or speaking their truth. And then you say, now, if this was happening to your child, how hard would it be to find your voice and, and advocate for them? And most parents will stand up like that. Oh, no, that's not happening for my kid. I would be. You know. and, and so you find that place of conviction and you go there. And then you speak your prayer about what it is you're in doubt about. And that's okay. what I taught about speak, speaking our word from what we already have. So yeah. just to give you one quick example, it can be so simple. I was doing this with prosperity uh, two or three years ago. We were looking to ramp up our prosperity. And I had conviction about what we already had, but I did not have conviction about what we wanted and needed. And so I thought, okay where can I get to the place where I can speak this word from knowing? And believe it or not, it was in the form of toilet paper. My husband, he has toilet paper down. That man is never going to be without toilet paper in his life. It's not going to happen. And so we always have an ample supply. And the thing is, we both know that it's just going to be a continuous manifestation for him. That's his signature of life. I said, good. That's my prosperity right there. The, yes. same, the same field of knowing. If I can know that we are never without toilet paper, I can know that we are never without what we need and more financially. And that's that amazing. Yeah. So, so it, and it's different. This is one of those things where I was saying it's unique to each person. Okay, so prayer is going to move through each person uniquely, but you find in your life what you have conviction about. If it's for your child or if it's for your pets, a lot of people have no problem having conviction for their pets. Nobody's going to hurt my pet. My pet is always going to have the food and the love and the whatever it needs. Okay, so when you can find that knowing, hey, I always have what I need with this, go there and then pray about what it is you're wanting to pray about. And that's part of what's called having the conviction of uh, uh, praying and faith believing. You Amazing. You've just, you've just kind of nailed it. <laughs> because to say that, and it's so true, you know, those, when, I, when, for me, it's the same thing, having that conviction in, on, in what is already here mm -hmm. and what has already demonstrated for my life and the things that I would see as miracles or the synchronicities that I can't believe in my heart of how has that happened? And yet it has. And when I lean into those and remind myself of those things, that's what gives me the conviction. I mean, that for me, it's like, oh my gosh, and that happened. Remember, Laura, that happened. How did yeah. that happen? I didn't manipulate that. I, I knew in my prayer, that's right. what I was praying on. And that's what I was, you know, treating for. And it happened. And I think you're so right. When we can go back to something that we feel has, that has been demonstrated already, right. there's no question of it then, is there? There's no question right. of it. And you just transfer that feeling and plug it right it's in the there. next thing. Right. Beautiful. Exactly. It's beautiful. I, I can see how you are an amazing practitioner. I mean, for anybody that wants to reach out to you, Vicki, what's the best way that they can reach out to you for, for your practitioner and life coaching services? Well, thank you so much. So my email is Vicki, that's V-I-C-K-Y, B as in boy, and then J as in Jack, E-T-E-R, Vicky B. Jeter at gmail.com is the simplest one to use. I do have one through my CSL center as well, but it's more direct in this particular case just to use my personal one. There you go. Oh, Thank you, Diego. Thank see, you. That's like an immediate demonstration. You speak. There we go. That's right before you. Diego. Just <laughs> and of course, you're on Facebook as well. Yeah, so people can reach out to you, Vicky Jeter, on Facebook, yes. and um, and you have written a book as well called "Call Me Victoria," which well, I, I would love. Oh, thank you, Diego, for putting that up. I love the um, the, uh, the the illustration. 
It's yes. beautiful. And so if you look me up on Facebook, you'll see the banner where you have the Call Me Victoria banner on my Facebook page. That way you'll absolutely know you have the right Vicki Jeter. Um, thank you so much. Um, that that picture there is actually also another demonstration, but that's a whole nother story. So yeah. I might be get into that one. Um, but it's been such a pleasure. I have no idea, um, you know, what happens now. So your book, your book is a series of poems. Uh, not just poems. It is um, poems, stories, and articles, and they can be read individually or in sequence. But okay. it is actually autobiographical. It's the story of my moving through. Uh, I was born with spastic cerebral palsy, and I'm on track to transform that. And so my book is from the beginning of uh, my disability happened during birth, gestation and birth. And I have a whole nother thing that I do that's around how we come into being here, the journey, yeah. conception through gestation and birth. And, and so the book starts there. And so I came away with cerebral palsy from that experience, but then talks about all the different things that I have learned about that and, and then moving through becoming a practitioner, becoming to own my self-responsibility in my experience and therefore being able to own my self-responsibility in how I got where I am. I'm empowered then to go wherever I want to go uh, from that. Um, and so that's the nature of the book. It talks about the pre and perinatal stuff, talks about becoming a practitioner and the power of prayer and working through um, both of my parents were um, alcoholic. And so there's a whole another underlying thread there around um, breaking dysfunctional addiction cycles and and all of that. That's in there, too. Um, so. so this is really interesting. If we can just talk about this for a few minutes, because you've just opened up you know, uh, more that's, that I think is really relevant. I mean, I know is really relevant. And um, so for a start, you know, prayer, how has prayer come to the forefront of your life in for you, for your physical um, transformation that I know you're working on right now? How does prayer and, and yeah, if you could just shine oh, your light on that. I mean, I, I would like yes i would be delighted to and thank you for asking oh my goodness yeah because i'm sure there are people who may be watching on to whatever level that they may that health may not be as optimal as they you know would like it to be and i know for you it's a it's a it's an adventure of unfolding yes where you're really embracing this and and using spiritual practice as a part of this process to transform your your life so yes indeed um, and the, I think um, the thing that I'd like to start with from that is uh, when I began, when I was, I, I learned that I had spastic cerebral palsy on my first birthday. And at that time, they didn't know. This was in 1962, and a whole lot more is known about it now than was. But cerebral palsy is a wide umbrella. So of, of what what I mean by that, uh, you can have a lot of different uh, range, from mild to severe cerebral palsy. So when I was born on my first birthday, October 15th of 1962, or that was the day I was born. So October of 1963, they couldn't tell my parents if I would walk. They didn't know for certain that I would talk. They didn't know what all would be affected. And so it was really an adventure for my parents. And so what's true is I had five orthopedic surgeries between the time I was two. That was when we did the first one from the time I was two until I was 10. There were five orthopedic surgeries and I was a fairly precocious child. And so each time we'd put me in the hospital, as I got older, I started thinking, okay, they're going to fix me, right? Like I'm they're They're telling me we got to do this because you understand me. When I would go into the hospital for these surgeries, it wasn't like I felt like I needed surgery. I felt fine. <laughs> so we would put me into the hospital and you're talking, you know, anesthetic and shots and just muscle spasms after the surgery. It is not fun. Um, and so by the it was during the fourth one, I was nine. 
I really got angry because what happened, I would be asking them and no one had the heart to say, well, you're not going to walk without crutches. Okay. And that was, I was on two crutches and I had braces on my legs and no one would directly answer my question. They didn't want to dance with that shadow, you know? And the problem is they really can't say exactly what's going to happen. They don't know what's going to develop. And so I don't mean to be casting like a, you know, a denial light on them either. It's very difficult. Um, and so, but no one would tell me. And, but certainly, from my perspective, I'm sitting here thinking the surgery is supposed to fix me. Well, that's not going to happen. I figured that out on my own when I was nine in the hospital with the surgery. I was livid. And, and it was one of my more difficult surgeries. They were doing a bone graft on my ankle where they took a bone from my thigh and put it in my ankle to make my leg, my foot stay straight. And it was very painful. And there was a lot of muscle spasms. And after the surgery on the third day, I mean, I hit the elevator floor mm. and I was crying. I was like this tears streaming down my face. And I said, you are dirty, mean and rotten, uncaring, unforgiving and incredibly selfish. I said, if you can't find a way to tell me what is happening here, then we're done. I said, that's it. It wasn't about whether I believed in God. I knew. And it's, I was incredulous. I was like, fine. So you're a God. So what is the deal? This is not working for me. Okay. And, and so then that took everything I had. I went to sleep. I, when, when that was going on, my mother and my grandmother were both there. And after it was over, and, uh, when, I, when I woke up, my mother and my grandmother were gone. And there was a priest and two nuns standing at the foot of my bed and they weren't saying anything. And I, you have to understand, like I'm waking up from a really deep sleep because I had so exhausted myself and I could just see these people at the foot of my bed. And as soon as it registered, because I'm not Catholic, but certainly I had seen clergy in the hospital before, but never three together. There were three. And I said, I'm thinking, uh-oh, uh-oh. <laughs> I, I said, I, the only thing I think my grandmother went and, and, and said to somebody, somebody's, you know, I, I think I was thinking she must have gone and told somebody that I just renounced God, you know, I mean, yeah. we that kind of faithful people. But I mean, I could see why they would be worried. And so, so there they were. And um, they told me, that because they could see I was worried and they asked me what what is the deal and I said my I said she didn't have to send for you and they were like they told me they didn't know my grandmother we talked about it and they told me they did not know my grandmother and I believe them I still yeah. believe I don't think they had any cause to be pulling the wool over my eyes yeah. so there were and and they just listened and I yeah, it was a safe enough zone. And I told them, you know, I just basically told God to take a walk. And um, they didn't say anything. They did not try to minister to me. They stood at the foot of my bed and held hands and said a prayer. And I knew they were praying. It was very quiet. They were speaking out loud, but they were whispering. I could not hear the words. As they left my room, as their robes hit the door jam and they were out of the room, the Holy Spirit filled my hospital room. Doubtlessly, I get chills still telling the story today. I am now. I and, am now. <laughs> and and I did not say a word. I felt like I dared not even breathe because I knew I was in the presence of the highest power of God that my little brain could take in and more. And I, my questions were answered. I did not hear anything. But it was like it it soaked into my system. And the message I got was I was heard, like my question was not unreasonable. And but literally, literally, I got the message I had to wait. It wasn't that my question didn't have an answer and it wasn't that I wasn't supposed to ask, but I had to wait. And then certainly, and this is what so many people who've had something like this happen get, is that the the level of love 
that surrounds us, the level of love that we come from and the level of love that is had for us universally is so over the top. Mm-hmm. And even though I felt like I not, not only could I not say anything, I felt like I better not breathe. It wasn't because I was afraid. I was not afraid. It was just incredibly overwhelming. But I knew there was nothing to fear. And I know that 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 was understood because otherwise I wouldn't have received the messages. So ultimately, then that dissipated. The, the, the strongest message I got was that I was heard and there was an answer, but I had to wait. But that in the meantime, I was completely loved. And then it dissipated. It was gone. But as that, as the Holy Spirit left the room, all of my pain, psychically and physically, all of it was gone. And it stayed gone for three days. And I don't know if anybody monitoring me noticed it or not, but the muscle spasms were gone and the internal pain was gone. It was gone for three days. I just, I never said anything because I, I didn't know how to talk about it. And I, so I never told anybody. Um, But my point is that, that having had that experience and having it be directly about my disability, then you know, that's been a backdrop for me around what's going on with this, because that that understanding that I was given that day is for a lifetime. That's and I knew that. And and oh, Vicki. Yeah. I'm just thank you so much for sharing, you know, because that's a really personal that's a personal part of your story and your understanding and you sharing it to that degree, to this degree with me and and Diego and whoever is is watching right now or catch, catches up with this. This is very heart rendering because it's giving, you know, it's giving us all another degree of faith, of knowing faith, mm-hmm. of knowing faith. You, your prayer was answered. Well, your prayer and, and- was answered. Yes, it was. And, and, and it's interesting at that time I had never heard of affirmative prayer or the five steps of treatment, but really what I, what I want to leave with people about that, God can take the truth and, and see, I was in alignment with no holds barred because of being precocious or not, not having been enculturated by Catholic, whatever. I wasn't afraid. I was so angry that I just laid it out there. And so when we need to be praying and when it's in the shadow and when it's hard, God can take what we have to give. Yeah. And if we're being sincere and if we're not, you know, just like trying to hurt somebody, it wouldn't work if you were trying to hurt somebody. But as long as you're talking about you and you're talking about what's true for you, you can put it out there. And, and God can take it. And, and then this is the kind of thing that happens because I was clear in my mind. I had my whole heart behind it and everything I believed. Cause like I said, I wasn't, I wasn't saying, I don't know whether I believe in you. I was like, yeah, I believe in you. And what is the problem here? You know, yeah. you're God. So get it together. <laughs> Thank you for saying that because it's our authenticity that matters here, isn't it? Because that's, that's the conviction. You know, we can't pretend it's all heart and flowers, hearts and flowers and, you know, love hearts and just feel good if that's not what we're feeling, if that's not what is happening. Being authentic. So Diego's saying we're at the hour. So let's, we're at the hour. So let's do a spiritual mind treatment now, if you'd like to, Vicky. I would love to do that. And yes. He's, he's saying he could flash up the website. Dio, can you flash up the website and, and have it on there while we pray? Come on, then. Let's do that because we oh. – um, thank yes. you so much, Diego. We're going to pray now um, before we leave the Cosmic Prayer. Thank you so much, Vicky, for being here and sharing and inspiring me and the listeners and everybody in the energetic and conscious uh, uh, field of you know, New Thought Media Network. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. you. Um, So we will be in touch. And absolutely in this moment, this is one of those times we are at the leading edge of what is good and spirit Mm. loves these kinds of places to play so that Mm. I'm 
simply say, I recognize it. And I recognize every word having been spoken here and every quality that we've spoken of as a quality of pure spirit. And that those qualities are available at every point, always. That availability, that potentiality that is always there is through these words and these feelings and this conviction and I am one with it as Laura is one with it as Diego is one with it as new thought media network as an entity is one in spirit one mind one heart one soul and from this alignment I realize in my experience right here and right now that the word that has been spoken has reached its highest potency in, as, and through everyone listening now, everyone listening in the future. And I just simply bless it and turn this word to Laura. And I know that this word, yes, in this potency, that is reaching the hearts and the minds and the, the, the knowingness of everybody that is listening and viewing at this point or in the future, and that this is transformational. And that these words that have come through Vicky and, and through me are real. And that this inspiration and education right now has the power to transform lives. And I know that peace and love and joy and prosperity and well-being are here right now. For me, for Vicky, for Diego, for Reverend Robert, for New Thought Media Network, for everybody listening and watching this peace is the essence of life this peace runs through everything and i know that as we choose right now to use prayer to use prayer for our own lives that we see and know and feel this demonstration of peace and love and joy and harmony well-being prosperity for our lives and i know that this is done and so as I know that this is done, I give gratitude. I give thanks for the demonstration. I give thanks for the, the, the communication here, for the technology, for Vicky, for being here, for showing up and shining through and sharing so deeply, so authentically to inspire each of us. And with that gratitude, I let go, let go, knowing that this is done, knowing that this peace and love and joy are here right now. I can feel this mm. and I'm grateful. So I hand this over and let the divine do its thing as it does. And so it is. And so it is. And so it is. Yes. Thank you, Vicky. Thank you for being here. Thank you, thank you. And for anybody that uh, would like to connect with Vicky, then I absolutely, you know, just go for it. Connect with Vicky here on Facebook or through um, her website. There we go, vickybgita at gmail.com. That's the way to connect with Vicky. And you can find out more about what she does and how she can serve you and help you with your own life, with practitioner work or whatever it is you would like to connect with her for. Uh, and if you also love New Thought Media Network, then there yeah. is a link here where a love offering, if that's in your heart, to consciously give to this thriving and beautiful ministry that is on a mission <laughs> to serve the world with more and more broadcasts and programs like this from presenters yeah. uh, that are showing up and shining their light in such amazing ways, then the link is here in the description and that goes straight into the New Thought Media Network um, ministry uh, foundation. So thank you again, Vicky, for being here. Thank you. Thank you, Laura. And it is very exciting. New Thought Media Network is changing the world. Oh, and it so, rocks. <laughs> you guys are wonderful and just blessings be. Thank you, Vicky, and thank you to everybody. Until next time. Until Stay next time. <laughs> Bye. Thank you for listening to Cosmic Prayer, your weekly shift with Laura Topper on the New Thought Media Network. If you've enjoyed this programming, please tell a friend and join us again next week for Cosmic Prayer, your weekly shift with Laura Topper.